welcome to the Faith and Science Podcast. My name is Tyler Bublitz, and welcome back to All Saints Sunday or the 22nd Sunday after Pentecost for the week of November 1st, 2020, and I'm excited to have you here. I'm excited to dig into this week's podcast. And first and foremost, I have to do a quick apology. I don't think you can hear it, but if you occasionally hear some blustery wind noises outside, I'm kind of close to a window when I record here. And we're getting some Holy Spirit-like winds out there, and it's just absolutely howling. So if you pick that up, that is what you're hearing. As up here in the Northwoods, we're having this resurgence again of winter trying to come back. For the last couple weeks now, we've had snow, and then it's kind of warmed up again, and now it's kind of cooling off as we're getting this dusting of snow, or some snow, but it is absolutely howling for the last few hours out there. So that's a little bit of what's going on, and it's just kind of a crazy world in which we're in, aren't we? The United States is just chaotic and so many different social issues that are going on, along with that we're getting into the time of season and this time of year that I really like enjoying, that we have Reformation last week, we have All Saints this week, we have this transition of where we start getting into a mindset typically within at least here U.S. culture of giving thanks and getting into a little bit of that Christmas spirit, which I always really enjoy. And it kind of leads a little bit into the Twitter question that we had for last week, which is, what are you doing for someone else this week? What are you doing for others? And where do you feel the freedom and deeper connection with God by doing this? And we got some responses back talking about thinking about others, thinking about those people who you don't typically consider. And that's part of why I always really enjoy kind of that Thanksgiving, Christmas time of year. How often that people start reflecting a little bit and start contemplating and thinking about people who we overlook. Maybe it's the person begging your groceries or helping you bring them out to the car or the store employee that's working or if you're in a state where they're pumping gas for you or the people who do the little things, the people who bring you your newspaper, your mail, different things of that nature. And it's such a major part of how our society works and runs and yet so often they're overlooked. And so I think it's this beautiful message to even be bringing up, especially with All Saints this week, as we think about that. And we'll get into that a little bit more here as we get into talking about these scripture texts. But I think this is something to be kind of thinking about and considering, especially with the year that this year has been, that there's been a lot of time to think about and to consider the people in our lives who mean a lot and making sure that they know that even if we can't physically be with them during this time. So it's one of these things of talking about appreciation for other people that really I think at times at least the North American culture misses at moments. So let's just jump right into it. We're going to start with the All Saints And then we will jump into the 22nd Sunday after Pentecost. So hang with me. A lot of readings this week, but we'll go through them as fast as we possibly can. So the gospel text for all saints is out of Matthew chapter 5, verses 1 to 12. Jesus is with his disciples, and this is a text that we kind of went through in Epiphany. We get the Beatitudes, where he's going through, Blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are those who mourn. Blessed are the meek. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. 
Blessed are the merciful. Blessed are the pure in heart. Blessed are the peacemakers. Blessed are those who are persecuted. And then blessed are you when people revile you and persecute you. And then talking about how the reward with that. And so this idea of how, again, the people that we overlook, the people that are down in spirit, the people that are going through life and are being dealt a difficult hand, maybe not just in a period of time, but maybe even over their whole lifetime, that there's lessons and things that can be learned from those moments. The first reading is from Revelation chapter 7, verses 9 through 17. This is a really interesting book in general. It gets a lot of publicity because a lot of people like talking about it from end times perspectives. We're not really getting into that, especially with right where they're talking about here that immediately they're getting into the multitude of angels that are there, the tribes of people. And it gets into that when they've gone through all of this, there's all this glory and people singing praise and all of this. And it really comes back to This idea of that through the belief in Christ, that the sins of our life in this world are washed away. And as long as we are giving praise to the one who did that for us, Jesus Christ, we are set free from it. And that there won't be tears from this, that this is a happy thing. This is something that the pain of this world is released from us. The psalm this week is Psalm 34, verses 1 to 10 and verse 22. And this is like we've been getting a lot in this season, a lot of praise, but this idea of how we seek the Lord and when that happens, we are then able to see some of the glimpses of God and that that reveals and opens up so much more to us that when we're scared that we realize that he's there to comfort that he's going to steer us into these places where we need to be and is going to be that guiding force for us and that he is there to redeem the world and realizing that he's there to help us and not condemn us the second reading this week is from 1 John chapter 3 verses 1 to 3 This is understanding that we are a child of God and that we are beloved to God, that we are precious to God, and that as we pour ourselves into understanding more about God, we will understand that in not only us, but all of us around us have elements of who God is, that we are made in the image of God. And so as we develop this, we figure out more about ourselves and more about our neighbor by understanding who God is in them. So if you're going through the 22nd Sunday after Pentecost, your gospel text is out of Matthew chapter 23, verses 1 to 12. Jesus is with his disciples and starts talking about the Pharisees and scribes and how there is a difference of being a teacher and walking that out. That if you're going to talk about it, that you need to be walking this out and that it's very easy to be put in a position of leadership and then get boastful and get all about one's ego. And when that happens, they have lost sight of what this is, that there is one father in heaven and that there is one instructor, the Messiah, and that those are the ones that we should be looking after. And that in that, we need to continue in these leadership positions to be humble and humble ourselves in front of the Lord and realizing that we are not greater than thou and that 
the people on the other end of the mic, for in this case, have just as much to be able to offer and bring to conversation as the person on this side of the mic. And that's partially why I like having this conversation with you, why I like having this Twitter question every week to hear back because I try learning from you guys as much as I'm bringing you this stuff. And I think there's a really awesome culture that we're able to develop as we have continued doing this. And that's one of the reasons. But as a leader within the church, as a leader within whatever organization in a way that you are, this is a really hard text in a lot of ways to really just decipher and go into because it's cutting down yourself consistently. The first reading is out of Micah chapter 3 verses 5 to 12. Micah is calling out Isaiah here in this text, Isaiah being in Jerusalem and kind of talking about how Jerusalem is going to be saved. And Micah is out in the rural area and talking about how the people cry for peace when they have something to eat and declare war against those who put nothing in their mouths coming from the beginning of verse 5, and how at times we can boast and brag about ourselves and want this thing that's just, this is the way that we see it, and in times that we miss where God is maybe talking or we're so blinded to another reality that it possibly can be hard for us to interpret. And so what Micah is kind of getting at really in this reading is making sure that when we are looking at our leaders and looking at who is in these leadership roles, understanding that who is God with and listening and being open-minded enough to be able to put aside our own biases, that there's might be times where the Lord is in a different place than where we expect. And so that means we need to be open and listening for that. The alternative first reading is from Joshua chapter 3, verses 7 through 17. Really interesting text here. This is where, again, remember from last week that Moses has just died. Joshua has been raised up as the next leader of the Israelites. He is essentially gets talking with God and he's like, I'm going to be able to do something here so that the people know that you're the leader that I have appointed next. Again, kind of like tying into the Micah reading that they are able to know who that leader is. Joshua comes out to the people and is saying how God is going to deliver them from all these different people and he's going to show them they have the Ark of the Covenant, they come to the Jordan, and the Jordan River opens up so that they can walk across on dry land to the other side of the Jordan River. The psalm this week is Psalm 43, and this text is calling on God has continued to deliver us. God has continued to be with us in these difficult times as things are hard, and that let us be open to listening and hearing the truth that what God is trying to steer and where God is trying to be, and in that, making sure that we're giving praise and being humble in that. The second reading is from 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verses 9 through 13. This is a fun little text. This is a text that could easily be interpreted that Paul is trying to be bragging in this sense. But really, when you are reading and dissecting this, this really isn't what Paul is talking about. So Paul is talking about how he, with a group of his followers, came to this church and worked with them as they were talking about the gospel and not to burden them with proclaiming the gospel. And Paul kind of talks about 
in this case, and I think this is really important, that part of doing that, being able to talk about the gospel, is to be living your life in a way that is reflected in what you're doing. So in this text, it's really easy to be looking at it as Paul is being very bragging about, look what I did is that I came here and did this labor and worked with you. But really, he's more stating it in this context of, I came and I worked with you. And that was me showing you the Christ-like love that has changed and transformed who I am. So that you can understand that this transformative process is something that changes your whole life and that it's something that's just part of your daily life. And that's part of the transformation that comes in Christ. So before we jump into how faith and science come together, we have to do our shameless plug. Working Preacher, if you haven't checked out Working Preacher, I'd highly recommend it. Between their Sermon Brainways podcast, their commentaries, their discussion, this week, one of the things that I will talk about is something that I picked up from Joy J. Moore this week in the Sermon Brainways podcast, along with all these other different preaching and commentary discussions. If you haven't checked out Working Preacher, I'm just saying it's worth going over there as a layperson or as a leader just to be able to get some additional perspective I'd highly recommend it. Since I'm not an ordained minister, I use them on a weekly basis to help bring you this podcast. And it's just a great resource. So if you haven't checked out workingpreacher.org, I'd highly recommend it. A lot to go through. A lot of things to think about here. But it's amazing how the text from last week that what we were going through and even these two texts this week aren't that drastically different. Because here we have Matthew calling out the Beatitudes and these different properties of what we should be looking for in people and things that we should be trying to be conscious of in ourselves, but also being observant of others who are doing this and looking for that to be able to help and to be able to just recognize and learn from. But you also then have, on the contrary, these other texts talking about leadership, and especially here in the United States that it's election week, that that becomes kind of an interesting text, again, where Matthew is kind of hitting us over the head again, again and again and again with these hard texts, and thinking about and trying to be responsible citizens with going out and making our voice heard here, at least in the States. What does this all mean? Joy J. Moore brought up when talking about the All Saints Sunday text is what is really All Saints? And All Saints is typically the time of year where we recognize the people who have died in the past year and the saints who are going on and also recognizing those who are baptized into the family of Christ. But I thought she brought up an interesting point of part of All Saints is thinking about how these people have helped us experience God, been a blessing to us to see and be God and understand the character of God through them. What a beautiful way of thinking about it. In a way, then, we can also think about the living saints that are among us, these brothers and sisters of ours who are living saints, the ones that we can experience and sense God with us. And that carries into making sure that we are keeping our leaders honest, keeping our leaders humble, making sure that we aren't ourselves getting arrogant in that, making sure that we are listening to where God is calling us. It's a really powerful message to be thinking about. And so as I was thinking about this week, from a science perspective, I stumbled across something 
I didn't expect to find. But there's this great little video that, again, I'll attach in the show notes that SciShow put out this week talking about humpback whales might be superheroes of the sea. And talk about how orca whales, in a lot of ways, run a lot of things. They're these predator whales that will go and attack all these different animals around the sea. But it's been observed that humpback whales seem to defend not only their calves and their young, but for whatever reason, almost 90% of encounters that we have noticed have been humpback whales defending other things like sea lions or fish or other sea mammals that orca pods are attacking, which is interesting. As scientists are trying to understand what is the purpose of this, why would they do this? Why would they put themselves at risk, even though that they really don't have any natural predators? But if you look at their tails, there is definitely damage from the fights that they have with orcas to defend not only their young but whatever else. And there's been even observations of them coming from some distance to try to protect these other sea mammals and sea creatures. It doesn't make sense. There is no scientific reason that we can really understand that they would do this. We're talking about other whales, seals, sea lions, porpoises, fish, almost 90% of the time when they're taking on these pods of orcas that we have been observing. Now, granted, there's only so much we can observe in the ocean, but that's really interesting. And one of the things to me... When you think about this humpback whale, and it's one of the biggest mammals on Earth, and it really doesn't have any natural predators outside of when it gets beyond the juvenile and calf stage, it's too big for orcas really to take on. So as it realized the gifts that God has given it and understands that some of these other animals are the meek the ones that are poor in spirit as they are getting surrounded by these pods of orcas, trying to be merciful, trying to be pure in heart and helping and peacemakers in the ocean, trying to help those being persecuted in that moment. I don't know. It's hard because we can't get inside the brain of a humpback whale. But the thing that I think about when we contemplate this is assume that this is a mature humpback whale, but still has a young adult there observing this and is seen as a calf and a juvenile, their parent doing this time and time and time again, and does not not sound like what Jesus is talking about in the Matthew 23 text on, it doesn't matter what you say. If you don't live it out, it means nothing. That this parent is saying, I don't just defend you. I'm going to defend others because we need each other for this ecosystem to work. It's interesting. It's fascinating to me because when we're looking at the sacrifice that a humpback whale is going to take, not only in just energy output, but potential damage that could really affect the 
life of the humpback whale. There really isn't that much reason. Maybe there's an idea of it trying to scare away the orcas to protect their young in the long term, but we really don't understand this reaction. And is that not what Paul is talking about here in 1 Thessalonians chapter 2? That we are going and doing actions and doing this work and it may seem like, why are we doing this? And it's because God has changed who we are internally to be the hands and feet of Christ out and among us in the world. That we are then able to give praise. That we are then able to understand that within our groups of people, we can start realizing and recognizing and seeing God in them to be able to better understand who our leaders are. That God is stirring within them to be able to pursue them and move them forward where we can then give thanks to them while they're still living and recognizing and seeing God within them. So that when they do pass, we can recognize and think about when Christ was with us in them. That how their faith transformed them into being the hands and feet of Christ. Little did I expect to be saying that a humpback whale is trying to help us understand what it means to be the hands and feet of Christ. But it appears in science, as of our understanding of humpback whales at this moment, maybe they are. And we don't understand it. But shouldn't our faith be that way? Shouldn't our faith be in a way and lived out in a way that people don't understand what we're doing? Don't comprehend why would you be putting yourself and doing the things that you do? That's living out one's faith. That's being the hands and feet of Christ. That's being the leaders that God has called all of us to be. To be able to recognize and see the strength within each other. That's where, to me, I get excited about 1 Corinthians chapter 12 when we have groups of people doing that to be able to understand the different gifts and abilities to come together as one body of Christ and what we can do together and understanding um, in and among us the saints that have gone on before us and the saints that will come and the saints that are among us right now. All Saints Day is always a hard time because yes, you're remembering those that we've lost, the saints that we have lost. But do we do enough time to recognize the saints among us? Do we do enough time to understand the times where God is trying to pull out leadership, not only in us, but others around us? Because it's in those times, if we do recognize it, if we do compliment, do we do point that out, we do listen to what they have to say, that we are starting to understand who God is. Because brothers and sisters, we are all together. And as we hear in the first John text, that we are all children of God, and that we are all in this together to try to reveal and understand more of who our creator is, to better understand who we are. Humpback whales demonstrate to their young who they are. That when things come in and attack them in this life, that as they grow, as they mature, as they become who God intended them to be, you can still go in and fight for the little guy. You might take some scratches, you might take some damage, but it's worth it in the end because you will overcome it. And it's worth it, even if it doesn't make sense on the surface. The Twitter question this week will be, who are the saints that you recognize among you right now? And have you thanked them or pointed that out to them? In this time, as we are entering into the season of giving thanks, as we are not that far 
from Advent and Christmas. I know I said it. It's a time to reflect upon what characteristics are we looking for in our leaders, what things are we arrogant within ourselves, and what things we need to humble, and what are the different skills and abilities of others around us that we need to lift up. We need to recognize the saints that are among us, and the saints that on this Sunday will recognize that have gone on in the last year. I know for myself, there's one we lost this year that's a hard pill to swallow for me, that I think about the different ways that she was a saint to me and how it helped me become who I am in the faith and in the church today because of simple little actions that she did. It doesn't take much, but those simple little actions make a big difference. I just pray that as we are in this time and and there's all this chaos that's among us, that we take the time to recognize the saints that are among us, to take the time to recognize the God in other people, because we are one big family. And as we are looking here, at least stateside, at looking at one of our prestigious leader and electing multiple leaders along the way, but even just in life in general, understanding places where we have leadership, of where are we being humble enough? Are we giving the keys of leadership to other people that need it maybe more than we do? Are we working together? Are we working by ourselves? But most importantly, are we seeing God in these other people? Because if we don't, we have missed a major part of what we're called to be. Brothers and sisters in Christ made in the image of our Creator, And thus, bits of our Creator is in each and every one of us. So are we going to take the time to look and learn from the bits of the Creator in each and every single one of us and listen for the Creator's voice inside of each and every one of us? I sure hope so. So, we'll wrap this up as we always do. I pray God blesses you through your faith and amazes you through science.